0: Hey everybody, my name is Trinity French and I'm one half of the amazing duo of Wired to Change coaching team. Mike, my amazing partner who's not quite as good looking as I am, is on assignment today. So you are going to get me and a very, very, very special guest. And we're going to help you get to the level that you want so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner like Mike's doing right now. Brian Smith, welcome.
1: Thank you, Trinity. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's exciting being here.
0: So I was thinking, because I've wanted to get you on the show for a while, and you are somebody that I have admired as a fellow business owner for many, many years. I followed you on social media, um, but we became friends or acquaintances quite a while ago, and I was trying to figure out how we met.
1: Probably Dawn. Probably. Probably Dawn, Hunter Rowe originally. Yeah. uh, a group of people there and and uh i won the poker tournament over there which was uh i've still got the trophy hanging in my office nice um at hunter row so I, i'm pretty sure that's how we became acquainted originally okay. and of course jason smith is a, a uh,
0: mutual friend of both of ours. mutual
1: client uh, yep. he does our workman's comp and stuff like that so um you know just over Adore time him,
0: thinking of somebody else that should totally be on the show he's
1: a world-class guy yeah. you got to get him on the show seriously uh side note for jason You know, I have a lot of women that'll say, Brian, you know, a lot of people, you know, I know you a lot of know a single, you know, a lot of single guys who's a good guy out there. And I'm hard pressed. Jason's always my go to guy. Like He's just a a great guy, you know, Uh, handsome, successful, just a genuinely awesome human being. So uh, he's always my go to guy.
0: Yeah. So how many blind dates have you set him up with?
1: I don't know. I don't follow up on those leads. Um, that's his That's his work, his job. I'm busy enough, you know.
0: Well, I know that he's crushing it in the insurance world, so hopefully yeah. he's putting his lead conversion practices to good use with those, those exactly. date leads.
1: Listen, sales, sales works in every aspect. It really does.
0: It does. So yeah. which leads us into my first question, which is tell me a little bit about you prior to being... The head show over iWatch.
1: Okay. Um, well, real quick, without getting uh, too in-depth and, and into the minutia, uh, I started jumping out of planes from the Army when I was 17. I, really? Originally, the West Coast originally uh, signed up for the Army. Uh, it was something I wanted to do. I wanted to get college money. Uh, you know, I wanted to get, quote, free college. And so I went, I found a way that I could earn it. Um, so ultimately went into the military. By the way, use it within 10 years or you lose it. Uh, 10 years of getting out of the military. I found that out about nine years and 10 months into it. Um, So that was a bad deal. But in any case, uh, you know, started off in the military. And when I got out of the military in 1995, I'm I'm 45 now. And I really struggled for a while just trying to figure out what I was going to do. I had kids in an early age. Uh, the water where I lived was terrible, so I had a bunch of kids early. And, uh, <laughs> you know, ultimately, I just had to work nonstop getting started. And I I uh, was fortunate enough to meet some people that helped me understand wealth mentality. They helped me understand that it's, you know, there's no there might be some lucky genes. I mean, Elon Musk could probably make a a argument for that, but you know, the difference between a ditch digger and a billionaire is the way they think. Mm -hmm. And it really, they, they really impressed upon me at a young age that the more you teach yourself how to think correctly and do the correct things with your money. And if you want circumstances to change, you have to change. And You know, so I was very fortunate to meet some people early in life that helped me understand that because I grew up with broke mentality. I grew up with no dad. Uh, I grew up with a single mom who worked all the time. Uh, I love her, but she, you know, drinking problem. And uh, I just, I was always willing to work and I was always willing to hustle and learn. And ultimately I had, uh, when I got out of the military, I'd created a little bit of a mess for myself, uh, and I was broke for years, just scraping and trying to get by. So, you know, to answer the question, that's that kind of helps you understand where you. I came from. Right. And then a guy. I didn't
0: know that because my husband jumped out of planes too. Okay. So I have a must just really like you guys that are fearless.
1: It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, you
0: will never catch me jumping out of anything. It's the second best. <laughs> unless sense- there's a spider. <laughs>
1: right. Well, I can understand that too. I'm not a big spider fan. It's, uh, I've always said it's the second best sensation you can have, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, it was a great thing. And, and growing up, I, I kind of had a fear of heights, you know, f- even now I won't stand near the edge of a building. I get a little woozy or whatever you want to call it. Like I feel the earth turning, you know? Yeah. Um, but that helped me rappelling out of helicopters and doing all that kind of stuff really helped me just face your fear. And you know, the old saying, do the thing you fear and your fear disappears. And so it helped out a lot, but ultimately I had a, a former, uh, friend that was in the military that got into security sales and he was chasing down telemarketing leads. And there was an incentive to get, uh, when you recruit someone, you, you make money off what they do. And so he was recruiting me to come into the security industry and, you know, I I can honestly say back then I didn't really think about security. I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about people and families and stuff uh, and that changes over time. But I was just hustling. I was tired of being broke. And, uh, you know, he made, he's, he made about five grand his first month in, in sales. And I looked at him and I was, you know, he's a friend and I I don't say this like a, like a jerk or anything, but I'm like, well, if he's making five grand, I'm going to make five grand or more, you know? So, um, that being said, he, he conned me into the security industry and I started running telemarketing leads. And I'm, I'm very grateful that it really led me to what I preach about now is, you know, figure out your strengths, you know, focus on your strengths, you know, because if you're a eight in a department naturally, um, and you can go to a 10, people pay a lot of money to be a 10. Uh, Absolutely. But when it comes to administrative, for me, I'm probably a three in administration. Mm -hmm. If I work really hard, maybe I get to a five or a six in that department. Nobody's paying big money for a five. No. You know, so I think the older you get, the the, the more you realize that you have to go all in on your strengths and punt your weaknesses. And so... I really am fortunate that I, I learned sales with a strength because I care about people in general. Uh, and I think that I'm willing to learn and I'm uh, I'm just genuinely want to serve people. And and that's ultimately, anybody thinking about being self-employed, anybody thinking about being a business owner, the number one thing, in my opinion, that you have to think about is how do I serve my client? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's what's going to separate you know, you from the competition. And most people don't know this, but, you know, owning a security company in North Carolina, there's 800 plus licensed security companies in the state.
0: I had no idea. And
1: most people can name two that's, or three.
0: Yeah, that's and like being a real estate agent. There's, right, there's a ton of them. We're cockroaches. We are literally everywhere. <laughs>
1: Everybody knows two or three realtors. Everybody does, yeah. And so being in this type of an industry, what you have to do is separate yourself from the competition. Why does somebody think about Trinity versus... You know, ABC Real Estate or ABC Realtor. And, uh, you know, these are things you learn over time. But kind of going back to where I was is that, you know, really understanding what your strengths are. And I, I did really well in sales. And, had a guy that Jim Grim Jim Grimm came in and really got involved with me about the third month and and I was one of the top couple people in a, in a national company, top in sales and they offered me a branch manager position, uh, in which case, long story short, I ended up in Raleigh, North Carolina, and Raleigh was the area where it was the office where. You know, nobody could build an office in Raleigh because everybody wanted salaries. And this is the very late 90s, early 2000. And, you know, a straight commission sales company didn't do well. Right. That was the mindset uh, because everybody wants salaries in Raleigh. And I've, I just told people, you know, the, the way I, I dealt with it is we've got leads. Yeah. I've got a salary. I've got leads. If you can't sell our leads, you don't need to be in sales. Right. You know, and I probably sounded. Yeah. If you have
0: leads coming in and you can't convert them, then you just need to get out.
1: That's a you issue. Right. You know, so, and that's probably the same with real estate. Uh, to be honest, it's the same with dating. Mm -hmm. If I'm not meeting the caliber of woman, if I'm not attracting the caliber of woman that I want, that's a me problem. You know, you you hear not to get too far off on this, but you hear women say like, "Oh, all these guys are jerks. All these guys, blah blah blah." That's a you problem. That yeah, not... if
0: you're collecting jerks, then that is something you're putting right. out, and your juju is attracting jerks.
1: Or you're maybe you're attractive, so you can meet a lot of people, but people get in close, and there's something going on that that is turning people off. So you know, it's the same thing in sales. If you're not converting and that's what that is, it's converting. You know, if that's what you're trying to accomplish and it's not happening, you just got to work on you. And so that ultimately, I just think everything's my fault. If I don't like something in my life, it's my fault. How do you I must fix me? You be a big
0: Jim Rohn fan.
1: I love Jim Rohn. Yeah. I love, I, gosh, there's so many great people. Anthony Robbins, Gary yeah. v. Uh, I could listen to those guys and I do listen to those guys regularly.
0: I do too. And- one of the things that I always take away from Jim is one of the tenets of people who are successful is that they do not blame it on outside problems. Mm-hmm. They don't blame it on the government or the COVID or, right. you know, um, somebody else having a bad day or mm-hmm. whatever it is. They right. take responsibility ultimately for their success or their failure sure. and work on creating a better and, you know, continually better version of themselves.
1: Right. And that's not to say that it's not to say that things don't go on beyond our control that negative negatively impact us. It does. I mean, we're all dealing with that in 2020. I mean, this is the craziest year on record I can remember. Yeah. So we're all dealing with that, but, but ultimately I can't focus on what, you know, the governor does. I can't focus on what Trump does. I can't focus on what Trinity does. And when we do put our energy on what we can't control and it's negative, all that does is lead to frustration, and is is the frustration serving me? No, mm-hmm. it's not. So that's really where I think the power is. Is the power is looking inside. I can control my attitude and my actions. That's where ninety five percent of my energy goes. It's not that things aren't going on that suck or that shouldn't be going on. It, it's not saying that, but I don't need a I don't need a medal for being a victim. I want to be rich. You know, I want to accomplish my goals. Yeah, I always say
0: I can control my actions and my reactions. Perfect. So those are the two things that I control. I can't control other people's actions. I can't control other people's reactions. But I am in full faculty of my own. Right. And it is... Um, you know, it's proven, it's Mm. a proven science when, you know, you read any of, you know, if you look at the secret or you read any book about karma or I call it juju or whatever it is that if you're constantly focusing on the negative, that's, what's going to permeate your life. And you just get yourself in this disgustingly Mm. sick cycle Mm -hmm. and can't get yourself out. And again, it's all about what's inside of you that is driving that.
1: Right. And can we curse on this podcast? Absolutely. Okay, I just want to make sure, you know...
0: Have you hung out with me before? <laughs> well, I just want to make
1: sure. I want to be friendly <laughs> to the audience. Um, but, you know, have you ever heard the term shit magnet? Yes. It's like some people always have stuff going on. And I think what happens is people just start getting hung up in that negative cycle. And and I believe this, and it sounds like you do as well, that you become a magnet for negativity. Not only are you focused on that stuff, where... I know you're focused on half full. I'm focused on half full. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the, the empty part, uh, whatever is empty. But some people that focus on the empty, I really believe they get more of that. And uh,
0: I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. I worked really hard to get those people off of my, I call it my Trinity train. Yeah. You know, I'm a collector of humans. I love good people. I right. like being surrounded by good people. And if somebody, has that mentality that the world is against them, they're just, we're not going to get along. Right. We're not going to be friends. Or if we are friends short-term and I find that out about somebody, we're not going to wind up being friends long-term right. because that's just, um, you know, I always say when something bad happens, you throw a really quick pity party and then you move over, you know, you move on. Sure. It's okay to have stuff bad happen to you. It's just how do you respond to that and how long do you wallow in it? Right. Right. And are you then bitching about it to the rest of the world for weeks to come?
1: Sure. Looking for that attention. Right. And Anthony Robbins talks about the number one addiction in the country is that negative attention. It's being a victim. It's, you know, that he, here's, a, here's something I learned from Anthony Robbins. When, you, when Trinity starts sticking her head above the crowd and starts winning and succeeding, Now she's opening herself up to get negative feedback because you're winning Mm -hmm. and you're removing excuses from other people. But if you're out there losing and bellyaching about it, everybody feels bad for you. There's no negative. It's all kind of good vibes. And so you losing is actually very comfortable because you're not making enemies. Whereas when you stick your head above the clouds, uh, and I won't say the name, but there's a business owner I know that I've heard multiple people talk bad about. And I ask him, have you ever met them? Like, no, what I've heard, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, let me tell you, I know them and I've known them for years. And they're a really solid human being. And and it's amazing to me. It just it just drives home the point. And whether you like Tom Brady or not, that's it's another thing. It's it's I can't tell you how many people either you love Tom Brady or you hate him. The guy, all he does is be a great dad.
0: He's a stand-up he's a guy. Good-looking guy.
1: Like he's yeah. he's got If I had to trade places with, he's in my top 10 guys that I would trade places with in life. Like, like he's just a, he always says the right thing. He's a, from what I can tell, a great dad, a great son. He's the greatest football player ever. One of the great, like the guy just does it right. And he gets more hate out there than any other football player.
0: He does. And that is jealousy and people love to just dog on other people that are more successful than them.
1: So just realize that if you're listening to this podcast, understand and get ready for the hate. Get ready for the negative. I mean I've heard countless things about me and I'll say some of them are true. (laughs) You know, so (laughs) I'm not perfect. I'm growing and learning. But you know, I I do hear a lot of things that are funny. I'm like, really? Oh wow, man. I, I guess I need to look into that. Um but, you know, just understand that when you start doing something in life, there's gonna be critics. And I actually look at it like if I'm not hearing things bad about me, uh, maybe I need to try a little harder.
0: Yeah, but it's this is a really interesting topic because my husband and I had a really long conversation last night about the stress of being a high producer and mm-hmm. a high achiever. Um, and one of the common misconceptions is that, you know, that our lives are perfect and everything's honky dory and this and that. And I was like, man, like sometimes it's just, you just want people to kind of see you crack just to know that you're human and that you're dealing with problems just as much as anyone else. You're just reacting to them differently. Right. And
1: controlled chaos. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yes, that is exactly. I mean, that's what my life feels like 99% right. of the time. But then I meet people they are like, oh my gosh, you have your shit together and you have these businesses and all da, 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 da. And I'm like, Yeah, but you don't see all of the work and all the stress and everything that went out behind the curtain to make all of that appearance happen. Mm
1: -hmm. It's true.
0: And every happy client, I mean, they don't just magically become happy. There's a lot of thought that goes into providing really great client service. Mm -hmm. And for my coaching clients, I mean, sometimes it's absolutely exhausting when you have a client that's going through something and you're there and you're kind of walking the walk with them Mm -hmm. and you walk away and you're like, wow, that got really heavy, really fast. Mm -hmm. So those things exist and that doesn't make, um, you know, just, you have to give people grace and mercy, Mm -hmm. especially the ones that are at the top because they're walking it the same as everybody else.
1: It's true. And, uh, it's just, you just got to be ready. If you're, if you're really shooting to to be successful, just be ready for the negative because it comes. And it's just, I, I really believe it's part of the process. You know, uh, Anthony Robbins did a podcast with Dana White, you know, one of the founders of the UFC. And, and he just talks about the constant negative. It doesn't matter what level you get to. Matter of fact, the larger level you get to, the more garbage you're going to deal with. So it's okay. And be, be ready for it. And that's a good sign. When you're getting the negative, take it as positive feedback, because what happens is subconsciously this happens to some people as you start leveling up and you start getting this negative hit, hitting you and it's new and it doesn't feel good. Mm -mm. You know, when somebody's talking junk about you that I've had a realtor talking junk about me, literally lying to me or lying to someone about me that they didn't realize I was really good friends with making stuff up about something that I did with a client, which I'd never even met the customer. Um, and, uh, you know, it hurts to hear that kind of stuff because someone's out there bad mouthing you that, uh, you know, it's completely and unfounded. It's like,
0: why go that D bag should go take their energy right. and put it towards growing their own business and not being all up in somebody else's space.
1: Right. But take it as a good sign. Yeah. You know, you you want to there I'm very competitive. I'm actually kind of confrontational uh to where I want to if there's a if there's a problem, I want to throw it on the table and let's figure it out right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's my personality, but you just,
0: well, that's probably one of the reasons why you have succeeded in sales and business because you're not afraid to confront the things that other people brush under the rug mm-hmm. or run away from.
1: And, and I agree with that. And here's the other thing, you know, this was Tom Brady in his series Tom versus time. He, he said this and it really resonated with me. He says, because he was talking about the haters and he said, you know, you've only got so much time. And when you hear something, And you've only got so much time, you've got so much energy, and you hear something and you naturally want to defend yourself. He said, but you just got to learn to not have to defend every accusation out there because I'm going to take my 95% of my time and I'm going to channel it into people I care about. I'm going to channel it into my clients. I'm going to channel it into my business and and working on myself. The time that I take to, to battle on Facebook over a perspective or battle with some stereotype or battle with some something that's being said out there, that's time I'm taking away from people that I care about. And you just got to let that stuff float out there and just continue being the best person you can be.
0: I think that's really, yeah. really strong, solid advice.
1: And Tom's been there and done that, you know. Yeah. That's why I love listening to those people uh, because they're so much further along than we are. Uh, and it's not just football, it's life, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Well, and... I wish Mike was here because we love sports and we love sports analogies and um, talk about one of the hardest professions to be in, not just. You know physically on your body but mentally what it takes to actually become in the upper echelon of the sports world sure there's just you know there can be you know hundreds of successful real estate agents in a given area but there could only be you know how many spots are there at any nfl football team
1: right yeah when you think about it in the world there's 32 nfl teams there's 32 starting quarterbacks right and half of them aren't that good i
0: yeah. mean you want to talk
1: about a tough position so yeah um you know, it's a, uh, you're just the elite of the elite. Um, but yeah, we, we can get off on a tangent there for about another hour if we, we're not careful.
0: <laughs> so what would you say, um, through your process of self-discovery <clears throat> has been the most, um, either important or influential thing that you've discovered? And
1: you know, that's a great question. And I think that the number one thing that you have to do is you have to constantly be open-minded. Uh, you have to pursue the knowledge Uh, There's books that I read a long time ago that I continue to reread. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, How to Win Friends and Influence People, The Law of Success, Think and Grow Rich, Master Key to Riches. There's a lot of great foundational books that really taught me that, you know, there's a correct way of thinking about things. And the better I create, you know, my thought process, you know, The Millionaire Next Door, books like that that, Really You're
0: speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, and
1: uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. There's so many great books out there. And here's the thing. Th- the number one foundational thinking. I can go out and buy a $300 pair of sneakers. Or I can go out and buy $300 with the audiobooks and books. Which one's going to yield me a better return on investment?
0: Oh, yeah. The books. The books.
1: I can All go out long. there and, and create a corporation for under 500 bucks, Or I can get an iPad. You know, these are decisions that we all make. And here's the thing. We all make them in our teens, in Mm -hmm. our 20s. But those decisions impact us for a lifetime. And, you know, the average person in America makes over $30,000 a year. And for all the people that are bellyaching, not to get political, but for all the people that bellyache about the 1%, the reality is this. A third of the world lives on $3 a day. A third of the world lives on $3 wow. a day. The average person in America is over 30 grand a year. I think it's 32, three, if I'm not mistaken. That being said, we're all the one percenters. If you're listening to this and you're in the United States, you are the one percenter. And so, you know, with that money, what are we doing with our money? Is it seed that is helping us plant a harvest where we're getting a return on investment or are we spending it? And I can tell you, Brian Smith as a 19 year old was spending it like an idiot, rather than investing it in myself you know i wanted that carmen uh was it carmen vega i don't even remember the name anymore the stereo system was twelve hundred dollars at circuit city you know i went out and bought it and it took me a month and a half to pay for that when as a you know specialist in the military but i wanted a cool stereo you know and that's yeah. the thing it's like if it, it, had i invested in myself versus stuff i could have been further along at a younger age and those are that's the type of stuff i try to get out there Is that, you know, and that's Rich Dad Poor Dad It'll be
0: really interesting to see, like, this next generation that grew up with everything's instantaneous, Mm. just how much more in debt they are going to be, because Mm -hmm. money is no longer a tangible thing. When we were growing up, you know, I'm a couple years younger than you, but not by many, Mm -hmm. and I thank God I say that, you know, the high, the best gift my parents gave me was the gift of high expectations. The second thing they did was instill the value of money and not being in debt. Mm-hmm. So even though we didn't, I didn't grow up having a lot of money. I also grew up and my parents were very careful about paying for things in cash and not having a bunch of debt. And the only debt they had was That's their awesome. mortgage. So I grew up thinking that was the way that you're supposed to handle your money And even last night talking with my husband, I was like, yeah, there's this piece of furniture I want for my office, but I'm going to wait because I want the right one. We had this entire philosophical conversation Mm -hmm. about why it's better to wait and buy something once that you're really going to like than just make an impulse decision without thinking it through. And I think that that is what people do with their business money and their life money so often is they just pull the trigger without thinking about where that money should be going mm-hmm. um, as a business coach and not calling anybody out out mm-hmm. there. But I can't even tell you how many times that I've asked clients to bring their PL to our first session and they don't have one. Like I would say the majority of people probably don't even know what a PNL is. Right. So that to me is really concerning mm-hmm. when you think about, just the basic tenets of money management. Right. And, and it, it, it's, and it's a mindset around what money gets you and how you get money and what, how you use it. And mm-hmm. I think um, everyone should have to learn compounding interest and understand, you know, how to make their money work for them versus working their ass off for the rest of their lives. Money, right. right.
1: And it's, you know, I mentioned rich dad, poor dad. One of the things, one of the biggest things I remember from the book was poor and middle, poor and middle-class people work for money and wealthy people have their money working for them. And so there's a balance when you, and a lot of people would say, well, I don't have any money. Well, okay, but you have time, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's where you earn money with your job. The more skilled you are, the more money you make. So learn skills Um, and then take that money Don't buy a BMW, you know, because you start making 40 grand a year. Uh, You know, take that money and invest it and start getting your money working for you as quickly as possible. Uh, And that's where most people go wrong. And that's why someone never moves out of the middle class because they make money and they spend it Mm -hmm. versus making money and investing it. And it took me a long time to to learn that, to be honest. Well,
0: and one of the books that I read very early on when I was training financial advisors was The Millionaire Next Door. Mm -hmm. And the reason that that book resonated with me so much is because I was trying to train and basically beat into the brains of these new financial advisors that the people that look like they have a lot of money don't. Mm -hmm. The ones that are driving around have the flashy washes and the flashy cars (laughs) and the flashy lifestyles usually are the ones that are living at the edge of their means and probably have a super extended line of credit. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you see the guy with his F-150 that he's been driving for the last 20 years, and he lives in a modest home, and he's got a million bucks in the bank. Right. Because he's been saving his money his entire life versus going out and spending every dime that he has. Sure. And then beyond that.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, I've been guilty of that. You know, I had a oh, yeah. yellow Corvette and in, in uh, 2002, I think it was, and, and I was living in an apartment. I mean, it makes no sense. It's <laughs> 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 stupid. It's just it stupid. It's funny
0: when you drive around apartment complexes and you see all the really Great nice cars, cars yeah, and you're like, man, right. you could own a house and be building some equity. Sure.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and, and again, you got to give people grace. And, and I like to make fun of myself more than anybody because there's plenty to, to shoot at. But, uh, you know, you live and you learn and uh you give people grace and at the end of the day i just you know and i know you're the same uh mindset which is why you're you're making this investment which is quite an investment with what you're doing with the podcast but uh, you know just trying to help people get ahead and, and trying to think correctly uh, because the, the better people you know there's a, a, a study done you know a million uh, millionaires in America. The government actually did a study a long time ago. I think it was Jim Rohn or Anthony Robbins. I forget who it was, talked about this. I know who it was, is Brian Tracy. And it's there's no reason that there's not millions of millionaires in the United States. It can be done. And it's really just a matter of people implementing smart financial decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I can. And we're getting totally a little off track. That. But That's you, okay. Yeah. This
0: is. This is something we haven't talked about yet on the show okay so our listeners are going to be super excited awesome and i think the mindset around money and how you become wealthy is really important topic to Mm -hmm. to dig into right um i you know i've made my fair share of bad mistakes but then i look back and pat myself on the back you know i bought my first house when i was 23 and tried to make some wiser decisions along the way And I had a lot of amazing mentors that really kind of put me in my place and were like, hey, these are the things that you need to do. Don't go be a dumbass. Do X, Y, and Z. And I just happened to be, you know, just modest enough to listen to them because, of course, as a person out of college, I thought I knew freaking everything. Uh, Of course, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that is part of why I love this podcast is because I like being able to give back Mm -hmm. considering I've been given so much.
1: Right. And that's awesome. Uh, You know, one of the things kind of diving into staying on that topic is that, you know, regardless of what you do, I think people need to learn sales. I think you need to learn how to communicate. And sales is there's, there's some persuasion in there. There's some communication. And I'll give you a couple of examples for people that may not really think of, what I'm going to say is the one of the most important professions in the world, and it doesn't really get the respect that it deserves, but, you know, we're going to be dealing with quite the economic issue here in the near future. You, you just can't shut down the economy without massive ripple effects. You're already seeing it. Pier 1 Imports going under, you know, uh, Tuesday morning going under. I mean, just our small company, we've had multiple business owners shut down, and it's scary to see it coming. But something that everybody needs to learn is sales and i'll give you an example are you signing a contract or are you authorizing an agreement it's two totally different visualizations the way you say it, it those line of words create two different pictures one sounds harsh and binding the other one sounds yeah we're just agreeing to something right and it's in, that's sales you know so when you're interviewing There's words and phrases that you can say that'll paint different pictures. If I say dog, you think of, you're going to have a bunch of people think of a random dog, but if I say small 10 pound black dog with curly hair, you have a visualization of exactly, uh, exactly. The
0: exact dog I want to adopt. So if anyone sees that out there,
1: (laughs) contact Trinity, right away. Um, so there's all these things with sales that, that, are really important to learn. And I'll give you one more example. When the government was trying to pass cap and trade, their big thing, and the government knows sales as well as, as well as anybody, you know, who would argue with the affordable healthcare act? Sounds great. Right. And so the government always puts these spins on it. Same things with companies, same things with people. Um, but when they were trying to pass cap and trade and just being in sales, I think you see this stuff. So they're like, yeah, for less than the cost of a stamp a day, we can, ABC. And it's like, oh, it's just the half of, you know, cost of a stamp. Well, the cost of a stamp is what, 55 cents a day over a year. Now we're talking $170. You know, if the government would have said, or whoever was pushing the idea, yeah, it's just going to cost every individual $170 a year wait a minute. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I'm down for this now. Right. And it's, it's the same amount of money. It's just, you're creating a different perception the way you're delivering it and understand that is sales. Chris Rock says a joke and it's hilarious. I say the same joke. It's not even funny. It's delivery. Mm -hmm. And that's where learning sales comes in. So if you're going to your boss and you're trying to, you, you think you are, you've, earn the right for a raise. Well, there's a line of, there's a way to get a, there's a way to get a better result versus going in there and demanding your extra $5,000 a year. There's a better way to deliver the message and sell it and persuade them. And, you know, so sales is the oldest profession ever. I thought
0: prostitution
1: was. That's sales though.
0: you're so right it is you're it selling is a service yeah
1: and so um that being said sales is the oldest profession in the in the world uh it's in the top 10 in incomes and here's one thing and I, i'm not tooting my own horn but i will never be poor and i'll tell you why because let's say the security industry completely bellies, bellies up for whatever reason if i went to any company and i said listen for every hundred dollars i bring you i want 75 back are you gonna hire me
0: uh no.
1: For every hundred dollars in profit that I bring you, mm-hmm. I just want seventy-five. So you make twenty-five dollars out of every hundred bucks I bring you.
0: Mm, maybe it would depend on what it is.
1: Profit, and it's it's a yeah. general term. So if I, here we go. I say, listen, you're you're a business owner. I'm going to give you this. I'm handing Trinity a hundred dollar bill. A
0: hundred dollar bill. So it's I'm going to give you. I'm going to
1: give you that. I just want 70 back. You keep 30, I keep 70. And I'm going to bring you one of these every day. Who's going to say no to that? Because you're making $30 a day and I'm bringing the money in the front door. You know, and ultimately you're making $600 a month just having me bring you hundred dollar bills and I'm out there selling your product or service. And so when you understand sales is that I can go anywhere and add value to an organization, you know, anybody can go there and demand a salary, but when you can go to an organization and add revenue, you're extremely valuable. Right. And that's why it's just so important to learn sales for so many reasons, but that's the ultimate job security is sales. It really is. Uh, because you know
0: it is but there's so few people that can make it which is why we get paid so well
1: which is why people get paid so well yeah. and straight commission people get paid really well because the company has no downside if if I'm a realtor for a real estate company and they make 20% of what I do they can't lose with me there's no liability it's right. all upside. And so, of course, they want 4,000 realtors, you know, because they're, they're making all that money. And it's the same thing really with any organization, any company. So when you can be that productive uh, and that confident in your ability to generate revenue, that's a very powerful thing to have in your back pocket. And it gives you a lot of peace during crazy economic times because, you know, when things get tough, I can go out and sell. And there's a lot that goes into that. And I don't think we have time to go into it here, but the, the number one thing I'll tell you is that spend some time learning sales. It'll help you out. If you're an accountant, it'll help you out because you'll communicate with your clients better. You'll be able to build rapport better with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all those things that go into learning sales that to me is kind of an umbrella. And there's a lot that falls under that. Uh, you what know,
0: would you say is your favorite sales training?
1: I'll tell you, one of my favorite sales CDs um, for us old people, uh, it's probably online now. Um, it's called The Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. It's probably my favorite CD. It was a two-disc two CD set that I think I bought three or four times because I destroyed my CDs uh, by leaving them out in the sun or something. But that was probably my favorite CD set. I've probably listened to that 10 times minimum. Probably my favorite sales book, was Zig Ziglar, The Art of Closing the Sale. Uh, I think it was The Art of Closing the Sale. Um, secrets of Closing the Sale is what it was. And I'll just give you an example of that. So there's a lot of different ways to close the sale, which is always the most uncomfortable and awkward spot. Mm-hmm. So as the sales professional, you need to make everybody comfortable in that situation. That's your job. If it's tense and uncomfortable at the end, you're not doing your job. Right. And so let me give you an example. I'm in the security industry, so I'm gonna use an, a security example. If I'm meeting with Trinity and I'm sitting there talking about security and I roll out our prices, if I'm $5 a month more than ABC competitor, I'm gonna look at Trinity and say, okay, well, you know, at the end of the day, this is my sales training. I'm gonna look at what kind of vehicle you drove. I'm gonna look at your neighborhood. Listen, Trinity, you could have got a lot less of a house, but you wanted to live in a nice area, right? Let me explain. We may be a little bit more, but we're only about fifteen cents a day more. You know, I'm. It's not five dollars a month. It's fifteen cents a day. Um, let's say I'm competing against another competitor, and they're five dollars a month more.
0: And they happen to have three initials.
1: There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and let's say it's a. In the I've done this. Let's say it's a three or a five year contract because you're doing zero down or something. Well, I would say, let's say that that company is $5 a month more over a three-year contract. I'm not going to save 15 cents a day. I'm going to say it's 180 bucks. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to look at the whole three years. So if I'm more expensive, I'm going to break it down to like the day or the week or the month. If I'm less expensive, I'm going to push it out. Hey, in 10 years, we're going to save you X. That's sales. You know, that's from The Secrets of Closing the Sale by Zig Ziglar. There's all kinds of great stuff in there. And it's really, you're not conning anybody. You're not being dishonest. It's just communicating in a way that's uh, persuasive. And you can do that as a bookkeeper. You can do that as working for the government. You can implement that in your relationships. I mean, there's, there's things like that that are just persuasive terminology.
0: I love using sales <laughs> in my relationships. Sorry baby I know that you listen to all of these podcasts but sometimes you walked into we it just you know you got to use your skills where the skills are needed That's right well this has been and I'm not saying this to blow puff up your butt but this has been one of my favorite podcasts awesome. yet because. It's fun. Um, these are topics that are near and dear to my heart and as always with every conversation with you, I feel like I walked away learning something and I really hope that our listeners feel the same. So if you thought awesome. that you learned something amazing from Brian, you should reach out to us and let us know, give us some feedback, go out and like us, follow us, subscribe or email me info at wired with the number two. And with that, we will see you guys next time.